Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. to the show and today my guest is Venus Castleberg. Venus is a seasoned entrepreneur and coach and a devotee of joyful possibility. She's a holistic healthcare practitioner with over 20 years of studying and practicing a range of modalities including massage, homeopathy, hypnotherapy, reiki, shamanism, tarot, nutrition, yoga and intuitive bodywork. Venus is the author of the bestseller, Here to Forever, Finally Free to Be Me, a story that explores looking for love in all the wrong places. So I am super excited to welcome Venus Castleberg to the show. Welcome, Venus. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm delighted you're here. I'm fascinated by what you do. So please, why don't you share with my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, that's a loaded question. I'll give you the basics. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so... I, about 22 years ago now, I started on the alternative healthcare path. And um, I was always looking for a modality that I thought would fix everything. Because back then, I believed everything was broken. (laughs) And myself included. So I studied a lot of different modalities, trying to find the one that would fix me. And I thought I was going to be altruistic and, and do it for other people. I did serve other people along the way. But ultimately, the beginning of my story was I was looking for what would make me feel whole and complete. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've studied so many different things, which I mentioned in the intro to, to, to introduce you. Um, but you've also written a book which tells your story, doesn't it, of love. So tell us a little bit about that story, because it is fascinating. <laughs> well, much like the modalities that I studied to try to feel whole and complete, I also dated a lot of men to try to feel whole and complete. <laughs> so, um, and I, I did, I, I felt like I was broken and that in this society, in this reality, we're taught that you're supposed to find the one and, um, you know, get, have two and a half kids and white picket fence. And, and at that point you will feel like you're whole and that, you know, you're complete. And I dated around quite a bit. I've been married twice, divorced twice. Um, and I realized it really wasn't working for me. I was like finding the one was I wasn't finding the one. <laughs> so um, I did a lot of abuse. I've been through a lot of abuse, bad relationships. I've been through some good relationships too. They just didn't work out. So there was a lot of like thinking that something was wrong with me because I kept dating all of these men to, to feel whole. And then what I realized through my journey was that I was actually the one that I'd always been looking for. And that if once I found that within myself, any relationship that I have now is a bonus. It's 
icing on a cake, but it is not the reason for living. Yeah, and I think so many people fall into that trap, don't they? Especially when you've had yes. your heart broken. You know, quite often we get caught in a cycle of, you know, we know what we're attracted to, but actually what we're attracted to actually isn't good for us. So therefore it doesn't last. But then when we date the good guys, like you were saying, you dated some healthy relationships you had along the way, yeah, they didn't last because maybe you don't give your, yourself permission to be happy in those relationships. So, I mean, it's a really interesting dynamic, isn't it? And I'm interested where you, when you refer to yourself as broken. So did mm-hmm. you see yourself as broken? And what did that mean to you at the, that time? Great question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it was cognitive at first, but definitely over the years of studying modalities and and dating and marrying a bunch of um, people that it just, I started to realize that I must think something's wrong with me because I keep looking outside of me to be okay. And I couldn't find it outside of me. I have 20 some odd modalities I've studied. I have dated, I won't won't give you the number. (laughs) It's it's well up there because it was just like, it wasn't working. So it was like, okay. You know, Venus, we now want to know the number, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going, well, what is the number? What do you mean you're going to give us the number? What's the number? (laughs) I'm probably close to triple digits. So just so Wow. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, but it obviously I wasn't finding it. And so I really, in my last abusive relationship, I really turned inward and I went, okay, what is it about me that I think is so wrong that I have to have somebody else validate myself or make me feel good about myself or make me feel like I belong. And that soul searching took me into the, some pragmatic tools with access consciousness called the five elements of intimacy. And they're honor, trust, gratitude, allowance, and vulnerability. And I practiced those with me. I spent six months just diving into those and figuring out where I was grateful for myself and honoring myself, treating myself with regard which means asking, you know, what would I like to do today if I was the choosing one instead of just doing whatever my partner wanted to do. So those sorts of things. And I, and that deep dive into myself, I never got into another abusive relationship. And like I said, the partnership that I have now is actually an enhancement to my life, but not a need. Yeah, I think that's so common, though, isn't it? We, we get stuck in relationships that don't work and then we learn to compromise. And then those compromises in unhealthy relationships then become sacrifices. Yeah. And then when we sacrifice, we're actually doing some some damage to ourselves that, you know, it's going to take a while to repair if we consciously realize that's what we're doing. And that doesn't just become the new norm. So I guess that's kind of a difficult thing. But you were saying there that you took some time to to turn inward. Was that hard to do? And and do you have any tips for people listening who are thinking, yeah, I'd I'd like to do that, but I'm not quite sure how how to do that? Well, yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, being a seeker and always trying different modalities, I think for a long time I was like, I knew that the answer 
lied within me, but I didn't want to go there. So it really is a choice first. You have to be willing to go. I'm willing to look at whatever it is that I don't like about myself so that I can get to a place where I like myself, <laughs> you know? And um, I actually did in the book, the first part of the book is my story, but the back part of the book are, is filled with tools to help people get into that soul searching for themselves. Yeah. Okay. Well, can you share just one of those with us so we can sort of have a feel for what, yeah. what's come in the book? Yeah, absolutely. The five elements of intimacy is in there. Like, how do you do that? And then another one is like, we judge ourselves really harshly. So judgment versus gratitude. So I really encourage people to find things that they're grateful for about them, whatever that is. And um, it could be small at first. You might not have this like, oh, I'm really grateful because I'm such a great person. You know, you probably don't have that when you're first looking, <laughs> you know, but you have something like, wow, I actually am innately kind um, or I was kind today. Maybe you're not kind every day, but you were kind today, <laughs> you know, like, so just start with the little things and acknowledging what's, what's great about you and what you're grateful for about you. And then judgment can't exist because you're not focused on the judgment. You're focused on the gratitude. Yeah, I like that. I think looking at what you're grateful for shifts your focus anyway, away from maybe the sad story or the pain or those what I call hamster wheel questions like what's wrong with me? Why is this happening to me? Why don't they yeah. love me? Because they're very hard to get answers to, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You actually will just find more things to judge about you. When you look for judgment, it perpetuates judgment. When you look for gratitude, it perpetuates gratitude. So it is that what you focus on, you create. Yeah. And it, and it will give you that little bit of a boost which will then help you to maybe deep dive a little bit deeper. So I, I love that. And then you, you also, in it, and it was interesting when you said it to me, it resonated, but you said, you know, when you realized that you were the one you were looking for, what did you mean by that? Because that's quite a big statement. Right. Well, like I said, lots of modalities. I actually also moved a lot. I've, I've lived in a lot of different places. <laughs> I've tried a lot of different relationships and, I realized that I, I, and at the time I was living in Hawaii, so I was more alone than I'd ever been because I was so removed from everybody I knew. And um, I just took those, those five elements and I just went, okay, let's look at this for myself. And then as I worked through them, it was a work every, and, I, and I, I'd love to say that there's a magic pill that I could give you and everything's going to be okay it really doesn't work that way. You do have to do the work if you want to change something, you know, if you want. And so I really did the work. And then at towards the end of this five elements of intimacy was when I was like, oh, wow, I'm the one I've always been looking for. I've been looking for, you could even do it more generally. Like I've been um, looking for somebody who's kind, um, who's compassionate, who's friendly, who's fun, who's right. And then as I started to like, look at myself, I was like, wow, I have all of those attributes. I'm that person that I've always been looking for. I like that. 
I like that. And sometimes in order to attract an, uh, the right partner for you, getting clarity on who you are is also going to be really key, right? Because you've got to know who you are and put that out there to know what you not just want from a partner, but also need from a partner, which is quite different, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I'll go on a limb and say this, and I know some people probably won't believe me, but it's really hard to have those five elements of intimacy with other people if you don't have them with first with yourself. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life, and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. It's really hard to have those five elements of intimacy with other people if you don't have them at first with yourself. You can try, but you'll still be looking to them to be grateful for you without you being grateful for you. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Once you have gratitude for you, it's amazing how many people show up and go, I'm so grateful for you, but that's because you're grateful for you. Yeah, and I do think that's shifting yourself and making those changes in yourself is going to attract that the the better fit partner for you, I guess, and also highlight maybe people that aren't so much so that you can get out quicker if they show up. So, I mean, those five points are are really interesting. So honour was the first one. So Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? How do you honour yourself? Honour means to treat with regard. So one of the ways that you can ask yourself is like, if I was the choosing one today, if I was choosing what I wanted to do, what would I choose? So then you're making your choices more valuable than what necessarily everybody else around you is doing or choosing. Okay. So does that encompass self-care then, which is important? It can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's also like, let's say your partner wants to go skiing. And you, you, you're like, okay, if I was a choosing one today, what would I choose? A lot of times people will go, well, he wants to go skiing, so I'll go. Yeah. But what if, what, what if that day you don't feel like skiing? Are you willing to let your partner go skiing and stay home? Because that would be an honoring of you. So it's being willing to choose that something that may not be what everybody else around you is choosing. And I guess that's going to be a difficult one for a lot of my listeners, because I know they're a highly empathetic bunch and meaning that they're going to put other people's feelings first. They're going to want to you know, put 
they're willing to put themselves out to make other people happy. They're maybe focused on, on that as a core thing. And that's quite normal if you're maybe a mom or a dad and you're, you're constantly focused on the kids and everybody else. So how do you help people not see that as selfish, but actually self-care, which is what it is, right? Yes, it totally is. And, and that's a really great question. Well, I'd probably say first, what if, you were like, all right, so if you're choosing for you, does that in turn give other people permission to choose for them? Mm. So can you see it actually as a contribution to everybody instead of somehow that's selfish? Because when people are choosing for them, don't you go, oh, wow, it'd be really cool if I could choose for me too, right? It's an invitation instead of yeah. a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's selfless in a way rather than selfish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it enables the other person to, to do the same. Okay. I like that. I like that. And then number two was trust. <laughs> so trusting yourself, describe a little bit about what you mean by trusting yourself. Well, um, trust is an interesting one because a lot of times people think trust is blind faith. Like, I'm going to trust that I'm going to, and right now is a good time because it's, you know, the new year and we've got all these new year's resolutions. So I'm going to trust that I'm going to work out every day. Right. But that's not, that's blind faith. That's not actually trust. Trust is knowing that you are going to be you the way that you are and the way that you're not, which isn't wrong until you choose to change something. But it's not going, okay, I'm going to trust that I'm going to change all this stuff. It's like, maybe, but would you be willing to trust yourself that you have your own back and that you are going to choose what's best for you? And, you know, I love that you brought in the empathy piece because sometimes choosing for you is choosing for somebody else but it's being willing to ask yourself first and trust that you know what's best for you and go with that. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, and gratitude. That was the third one, wasn't it? I, mean, I think you've covered that with focusing on what you're grateful for. And I'm, I'm a big believer of that. Um, and then allowance. So tell me, number four was allowance. What does that mean? Allowance. Well, allowance is that everything is just an interesting point of view. So if your partner chooses something that you wouldn't choose, it's not personal. It's just that they're choosing what's best for them and you're choosing what's best for you, right? So it's not taking anything that anybody says or does personal and making it mean something against you or about you. It's just being like, oh, wow, they have a different point of view than I do, or they have a different desire right now than I do, but not necessarily a good or bad. You're not good or bad. They're not good or bad. It's just a choice. And a lot of us, again, take it personal, like, oh, well, they're not choosing what I want to choose. So, um, so I must be wrong or they're, or even they're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's the absence of right and wrong. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's important. Although obviously we've got to be aware that some people are in toxic relationships and therefore sure. allowance 
you know, there are going to be boundaries there where some things are not acceptable. Right. So I can actually speak to that really strongly because I, um, I was in an abusive relationship and um, he was an alcoholic. But one of the things that we misunderstand about allowance, and I did this too, is that somehow allowance means you now have to be a doormat. That is not what allowance is. Allowance is saying, okay, you can choose what you want to choose and I'm going to choose what's best for me. And for me, I kept thinking, oh, I have to stay in this abusive relationship to change it. That is actually not true. The, the greatest allowance I gave him was to say, you know what, here are the keys to your life. You get to choose what works for you. And I can't live here with your choices, but that's not dishonoring his choices. That's actually honoring his choices. And then removing myself from that situation was an honoring and of me. So I had an allowance for what he was choosing and he can go about his life, but I also had allowance for what was best for me. Mm, I think that's, it's really important to highlight that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then number five, vulnerability. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause that sounds a bit scary. <laughs> well, vulnerability is the willingness to show up uh, warts and all like, um, I'll, for instance, like, current partner that I'm with now. Um, it might sound crass, but I'm just going to go there. So, so oh. I, it, <laughs> but I, I was noticing that I was, I was having really um, bad stomach pains. And then I was like, oh, so when I actually have to fart, which isn't very often, but when I have to fart it, I was trying to hold it in because I didn't want him to see that or know that about me or whatever. Right. So but it's a body function. We all do it, whether we all do it behind closed doors or not, doesn't matter, right? But it's like just being willing to say, oh, okay, I actually have gas is a vulnerability, but it's also given us a lot of freedom. Like, it's like, there's just not like, oh, that's bad, that's wrong, that's gross, that's whatever. It's like going, you know what? It It's natural. So that's a, you know, a a way that we can be vulnerable. It's also being willing to like, you know, I show up, you actually called me in the very beginning of this, (laughs) you know, you're like, we want to know the number. I'm like, I've never said the number. So I was like, okay, (laughs) but that's a vulnerability, right? But that willingness to go, okay, it's not a big deal, but it also allows other people to go, oh, okay. It's really not a big deal right? It, you're not wrong. You're not bad because this happened to you or you're, or I was in abusive relationships or I've had a lot of partners or I have gas. Like none of that is wrong. If anything, it's an invitation to say, oh, okay. Wow. You're human too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually I, I believe that you can't have that deep level of intimacy unless you are vulnerable in a relationship. And obviously you do have to be careful who you're vulnerable with. That's not sort of going into any relationship and thinking, right, I'm going to be vulnerable. You have to make sure that that person is on the same page, the same morals and values is is out there, you know, is not abusive in any way. This is a healthy relationship. And you'll Mm -hmm. soon find out if you start being vulnerable with someone that is abusive because they'll make you feel incredibly uncomfortable, won't they? Right. Well, and they'll, they'll usually be in judgment of you, right? And make you wrong. 
So mm. that's probably one of your first flags. If you're in a relationship and somebody is making you wrong, I'd be questioning, is this the best relationship for me? So. I would be, yes, questioning and drawing my parachute and getting the hell out as far right. as <laughs> yeah. So we don't keep repeating those patterns we talked about earlier, you know, just get into that cycle. Like, well, I can change him or he might just have had a bad day or I understand that his dad's been difficult today and therefore, no, 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 no. Deploy parachute, get the hell out if you don't yeah. want to keep repeating those, those patterns for sure. Okay, and then something else I know you talk about in your book um, which I love is that just because something has happened in the past doesn't mean that that has to be who you are forever. So t tell us a little bit more about that. Right. Well, I had a lot of things that happened to me young. I had sexual abuse. I've had physical abuse, emotional abuse um, throughout my life. Right. But I, in my book, I'm actually pretty um, lighthearted and funny. <laughs> and I've had people actually question me about that. Like, but this is kind of like a big deal. And I'm like, but to me, it's not. It, it doesn't dictate who I am any, anymore. I chose for it to be like, okay, what did I gain from it? So uh, for instance, I was sexually abused young, but then I had a cabin full of young girls when I was like 18 years old. I was a junior counselor at a camp and nine out of 10 of them had been abused in some way. So I know that if I had not experienced my abuse, I wouldn't have been able to relate to them and they would not have felt safe to open up. And I knew in that instant that it, it didn't matter. It was irrelevant. And I was grateful I could be there for them. Right. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, I mean, it is very, very interesting how you've turned that because a lot of people that would have defined the rest of their life right so the right. fact that you could see that almost you know that trauma as something then that was a gift in a way to be able to help other people that's really empowering yeah yeah and i really i truly believe everything is conspiring for us never against us even if you can't see how right now so no matter what you're going through if you're in an abusive relationship, there's something to be gained from it. Not necessarily stay. I'm not saying stay to figure it out, but like be willing to ask the question, okay, what am I learning here? What am I in the last abusive relationship? I'm so grateful for because it really helped me choose something different, but I had to get there first. Yeah. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people listening, even though it might be quite hard right now. It might be yeah. Thinking, ah. How do I turn this breakup, this divorce, this heartache into something that, you know, is, is actually something positive? But I mean, I know a lot of people do. I mean, obviously I have from my divorce turned it into something where I can help other people and I have trained people around the world to do the same thing. So, yeah, that's something where you can turn that pain into your power. And I think, you know, that you have a choice, don't we? We have a choice. You either you know, it's happened. We can't change the past. We can't control what happened back then, but we can control how we look at it, how we process it and what we do with it now. And is that pain something we drag along every chapter of our journey? Or is it something that we channel into a power that will help accelerate some of the good things and some of the opportunities? I was just saying, and, and I know sometimes it takes time, but you almost can even ask everybody out there, like, look back at your past and some relationship that didn't work out are you not grateful that it didn't work out 
but it's easier to see it kind of in hindsight, like be like, oh, okay, I, I am glad that one didn't work out. <laughs> you know, that would yeah. have created a different, like a different life for me, right? And like you, I love your story, like that you, you know, you took your divorce and turned it into something that helps people. But if, if you had not gone through the divorce, you wouldn't have those tools to help people. Exactly, exactly. And I, that's quite therapeutic in itself, to be honest. And I think that sort of trauma to triumph, pain to power is, is hard. You've got to dig deep. And sometimes you think, what am I doing? But actually, it does help. And it gives you a channel, doesn't it, to, to transform. And, and it's, a, it's a really empowering way to look at life. And I think what you've done there with your book is phenomenal. So for people listening who want to find out more about you, Venus, want to get your book and find out more about coaching with you, where can they find you? Well, thank you. Um, my website, venuscastleberg.com is the best place. And I'm all over social media as well. So <laughs> brilliant. Well, I have one last question for you that I yeah. ask all my guests. Uh, my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you. So even when you are going through some of these tough times, you can tap into it along the way. So what is happiness for you, Venus? Mm. I, I would actually say happiness for me is gratitude. Like every time I'm in gratitude for whatever's going on, whether it's painful or good or, you know, fun or not fun, that gratitude helps me find my inner joy, my inner peace. Yeah, it's really powerful tool. I do agree. Thank you for all the advice you've shared. Really fascinating. And your books are here to forever, finally free to be me. So do have a look out for that, guys, and get a copy. And thank you, Venus, for being a fabulous guest. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been an honor to be on the show with you. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to venuscastleberg.com to find out more about Venus and her work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.